Hello and welcome to One on One, Achat al Achat. Yes, it's another international episode and today I'm very proud to, ref- to present you my dear friend Renata Mendoza. Hi Renata. Hi Oshi. Renata is from Brazil. She's a sports journalist, but she's done more than that. So tell me, tell us about yourself and about what you do right now. Okay, uh, so I'm from Brazil, the country of soccer or yes. football. Uh, but and I worked with sports journalism uh, since like 2011 when I started at ESPN I was the only woman uh, working for the website ESPN Brazil uh, like in 20 guys or something <laughs> then uh, two years later I went to the BBC in Brazil and I was responsible for organizing the coverage of the the World Cup not the women's World Cup I yeah. always say women's World Cup yeah. <laughs> we go for that first thing yeah. uh, so I was work, uh, working I was working as a um, language services World Cup producer so for for several services of the BBC then I worked in the Olympics for the BBC and since 2015 I started this project with uh, at the time was four other girls so we were five in total now we are three uh, we started this project that we call Gibradoras, uh, which in Portuguese means like translating this to English would be the dribbler girls yeah because we say that every girl and woman that wants to work in sports or wants to practice any sport they have to dribble a lot of discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> So we started this project for the Women's World Cup in 2015 and we didn't have any idea of what we want to do. We just wanted to be like in a very comfortable environment to talk about sports and uh, we were all in this Facebook groups with a lot of men talking about sports and we didn't quite feel comfortable to, to talk about what we wanted to talk. Why is that? Because you know... You know, I don't know if that happens in your country, but... I can relate. Yeah, yeah, sure? yeah, I but think I so. But I want to know how, how come you feel like that. So, because every time... You, if you're a girl or a woman and you like soccer, let's yeah. say, that's the national passion yeah. in Brazil, and you start talking about your team or whatever to a guy, yeah. <laughs> then this guy will ask you a few questions to see if you really know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, he's going to be like, oh, okay, so you do like soccer. Okay, yeah. so what is... Offside, off-side. Tell me. yeah the first question I think I think people in general have problem with the offside yeah. <laughs> so this is why they ask you the first question do you know yes. off-side? tell me exactly. about the offside group yeah offside or tell uh, tell the names of the everyone in your team from yeah. 1990 whatever yeah. you know so I think every even for me for example I was I am a sports journalist yeah. I was already a sports journalist I was in this group with 500 guys and Ten women and every time I would like to post something I would like am I gonna post this no. what will people think and I was working in sports yeah. so can you imagine for people that are, were not for women yeah. that were not so we just created a Facebook group with only women yeah so that we can create uh, a very comfortable space where they all could feel a uh, you know just comfortable to talk I think I think my question would be like how can you manage it to be only women you didn't improve men that want to yeah sign it? exactly okay and then we went to all these groups that we had that we were in and they had like 500 men and yeah. some women so we would just say hey we're creating this new group it's not that we don't like this one but we just think it would be very important for other women to be in a, a very comfortable environment and they would feel a more 
you know, they would just feel like talking yeah. more. And and we would say to them, you know, tell, you know, just just uh, put your girls in contact with us yeah. so we can add to them. And and at the same time, that that was like April 2015. At the same time, um, I went to a web radio to participate in a in a just normal football program yeah. about about soccer. And uh, and they said, hey, we wanted to do a podcast. But we wanted to bring more women to to the programs here, and we wanted to have a special podcast for the Women's World Cup. Would yeah. you be Uh, like, would you like to do it? And then I thought of these girls that started the group, the Facebook group with yeah. me, and I didn't even know them in person. Yeah, I only knew the them internet from the area. internet. Yeah. Yeah. So we started, yeah, let's, let's do this. And at that time, nobody would say a word about the Women's World Cup in Brazilian media. Yeah. No one. Uh, and then we started this podcast, and every week, so it started in the first week of the Women's World Cup, And every week we had um, a guest, and it was always uh, uh, a guest that was working women yeah. that was working somehow with with women's fo football. Mm -hmm. And we actually got for the first for the very first program we had the captain of Brazil in the first silver medal in the Olympics. Oh. So she was she went to the studio. The second program was with Aline Pellegrino, the, the captain of Brazil in 2007, the Women's World Cup, when Brazil was silver medal. Yeah. And then the third program was... We're going to talk about the silver yeah. medals afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and the then, one step we <laughs> And then we, the third program was CC, like the second biggest name in Brazilian football uh, after Marta. So we said, oh my gosh, you know, it's just so easy to access yeah. these women. And they have so great stories to tell. So after, when, when the World Cup was almost gone, the, the people in the radio said, we would like you to continue to do this. Oh. But then we, saw, we thought, okay, it's a very important thing. It's, very, it's a very nice subject to talk about. There's a lot of stories that people don't know. But also, if we just talk about women's soccer, it will be hard because at that time, again, nobody would say a word about women's soccer. So yeah. we did have um, our national league, but we couldn't find any, any, any information about the results, not even in the Confederation website. Yeah, sounds so, familiar, by the way. So then how can you have a, a weekly program? Yeah, your content will be really yeah, we, narrow. And the games were happening like on a Wednesday at 3 p.m. So everyone was at work. So I couldn't know the results. So how can we comment on something that we don't know? Yeah. So we decided, we went to a bar, had a few beers, and we said, how can we continue this then? And then we realized that all the problems that women uh, had in football with discrimination, etc., was the same problems that every woman that work somehow in sports, they have to face, right? Yeah. So that's why we say it's not that our page now is not women and it's not uh, talking about women's sports it's about women in sports yeah. because there are some women that are referees in in men, course, men's coaches coaches uh sports journalists and you know things like that so then we created the website uh youtube channel instagram page twitter and then now we are bigger much bigger than that and now we know what we're doing basically so let, tell us like, how big are you Like, I, show, I saw your Instagram page, you have... 
No, but it was not. It was not on the big TV, yeah. the big TV channel. So that's that's something that we talk about, like uh, because people say nobody cares about women's soccer, nobody wants to watch it. But the truth is, soccer is something. It's soccer. It, exactly. It's soccer. It is. It, it is, and some. It's the biggest sport in the world. Yeah. It's the sport that moves so many people in the world. And so this is a big thing. It doesn't matter who's playing. If it's kids, if it's young women, if it's old people, it doesn't matter. You know, people want to watch this yeah. because it's it's nice. It's interesting. It's emotional. And then uh, if you can relate to the, the the flag and the country and the exactly. national anthem, you got like the whole community behind you. Exactly. And so we had like 30 million people. That was the world record yeah. uh, for the rates is in terms of viewers uh, for a game. It was Brazil against France. Yeah. Um, and that made not only the, this big channel, the global, but also the sponsors and other ch TV channels realized, oops, there's something yeah. here. It could be profitable. profitable. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and then also a lot of people that wouldn't know anything about the, the national team, the women's national team, found out, ooh, there is a women's national team, there is, there is women's football, and they started to demand yeah. uh, for the media to show something like that, right? So, for example, the, the first friendly that we had after the World Cup, we had a new coach, then we had a few friendlies in Brazil, then we had uh, a friendly against England uh, that happened in England. Yeah. Uh, and there was there was only one Brazilian reporter covering, which was us. Yes, <laughs> we had a representative there. Uh, so all the big channels, all the big media, they didn't have one reporter covering Brazil against England, which is right? a big big match exactly. as well. And all and like one week later, we would have dozens of Brazilian journalists in Singapore covering yeah. the men's team, and. You know, that's like not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have dozens. I know the, the importance of the men's national team. I'm just saying, don't you have one person that is a correspondent in Europe and yeah. can travel to England yeah. to cover this game? Probably he's living in England if he's correspondent. It, in exactly. Europe. And this generated a lot of, of, of people in, in social media saying, hey, Global, you, it's just the World Cup. You're not going to show it, yeah. etc., etc., etc. And then the other friendly that was um, against China, China yeah. and the tournament. Uh, then Global said, "Yeah, we're going to broadcast this." That was a Sunday morning. It was really big, uh, and it's it that shows how it's growing. You know how yeah. it's the public demanded. Exactly. They want to see it. They, exactly. Yeah, it's very nice to see. I hope someday it will come to us. Uh, tell me the numbers from the the number of viewers or mm -hmm. rating that they had to the last friendly match in terms of ratings yeah. yeah okay so i think it was 25 million people watching Amazing. uh it was sunday 8 8 8 a.m right yeah. uh so it was very early in the morning not 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 a lot of people are awake not at this time, time not like <laughs> Exactly, but it was it had a huge impact, and people were talking about. So that's that's what generates uh, people's awareness and brands awareness, like sponsors yeah. and the media awareness. People want that. Yeah. You know, there is you you don't have to. We can't expect that the media decision decision makers will wake up one day and say, "Hey, I want to broadcast women's football." No, not no they're gonna not going to do it. You know, so you have to press it, and that's you have to put a pressure on them and that's why it's so important for us to to 
talk about it. Yeah. You know, use our platforms to just talk about it and maybe get people to realize the importance of this. You yeah, know? I agree. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and now the National League is done for the first uh, part of it? It's or? done. Yeah. So, so it started in uh, March... Yeah. And it ended in uh, September, the National League. So in Brazil, you had we have two divisions for the National League, uh, one with 16 teams and the other one with 36 teams. This second one is quite new, yeah. like uh, it didn't exist until three year years ago. And even the National League itself, uh, it started in 2013. Yeah, so, so late. Exactly. If you think that the national team was like getting med Olympic medals, etc. And they didn't even have a team to play in Brazil, yeah. the, these players, you know. Um, and so you have also the state championships, the state tournaments, because it's such a huge country. So you have like regional tournaments. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the Sao Paulo state tournament is big. It's really big because it has, uh, Sao Paulo has the best teams yeah. uh, and the best investments. Uh, Regardless the that you are from Sao Paulo. No, yeah. no, no. But I'm saying, <laughs> if you go to Rio, for example, yeah. which is another, the second biggest Big state, yeah. um, the tournament there had a game like Flamengo against another team that was 56-0. Oh, my God. Because you have, you don't have many infrastructure. You don't yeah. just have in, in Rio, you just have like four big teams, yeah. but you have only one that actually, two that invest, Flamengo and Fluminense, mm -hmm. and the other ones are just pretending they are yeah. doing something. And the other ones, some, some of them are not even amateur, you know, teams. Like a are, recreational uh, exactly. activity. Yeah. So you have a very, you know, it's a very different infrastructure. And the other, the other states, it's still... Because you have a lot of people in this big clubs. Nowadays, you have in Brazil this uh, rule that forces the big teams in men's yeah. soccer to invest in women's soccer, right? What do you mean by invest? They have to put money or just they uh, have develop to have a team? Like, they have, have to have a team, a young team, professional or a team, team and a young team. Oh, this is great. So that's the rule from Comebol. So it's the, yeah. the continent um, confederation. So the continent, the Comebol decided that it was also an orientation from FIFA, right? Yeah. From above. So Comebol decided that and they gave two years for the clubs to prepare because the men's team that wanted to be in Libertadores, which is the yeah. main competition for the continent, uh, they would have to have a, a professional women's team and a youth women's team. And what happened with if they don't do it? They what just don't, they can't they participate. They can't participate they in Libertadores. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that made the clubs invest. They forced. They were forced to. Yeah. Some of them uh, realized, okay, that's a good idea. Let's get someone. So basically, they hired like a former player, someone who uh, would be willing to work in in women's football. Mm -hmm. But some of them were just like. Oh, I don't like women's football. Let's just do whatever we can do. Just yeah, to, just you know, sign like uh, exactly. 12 players. Okay, you're a football player from now on. Exactly. Yeah. But the good thing is that once you have, like for example, São Paulo, you have four big, big teams and the other ones are, are quite okay. But four that are just the biggest. Um, if you have one of these that are investing, the other ones will start to have a lot of pressure on them. Because yeah. if you have Corinthians and Palmeiras, the biggest rivalry in Sao Paulo. Yeah. So if you have Corinthians investing, like we have, Corinthians yeah. is investing a lot. They have a big 
very, very good team. So, well, if they play Palmeiras and they will win like 4 nil, 5 nil, then the fans of Palmeiras will say, hey, <laughs> we don't want that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if it's women's, if it's whatever who's yeah. playing, you know. The club is... The a, rivalry yeah, is right. big. And the, so that brings everyone to like, oops, okay, I have to do something about yeah, it. Yeah, the competition makes you yeah. better. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I wish we, we had it in Israel. Um, some people said that we, sh we shouldn't force the clubs to do it, but I'm saying we have Women's League for 21 years now. And at the beginning, we had the big clubs. The, the I style play for Apollo Tel Aviv, one of the big clubs. We have Maccabi Tel Aviv, Maccabi Haifa, Beitar Ushalayim, a lot of, of teams, uh, but they are fooled. And now Beitar Ushalayim, Apollo Tel Aviv, other teams start to, to invest. Okay, mm -hmm. I won't say invest. They open a women's <laughs> team or... Uh, young girls team, uh, I hope they will invest, I hope they will treat it like it should be treated, not, not like you're doing me a favor, mm -hmm. because as we say, it can be profitable, mm -hmm. you can earn money from that, it's another opportunity, and it's another stage, and it's another way to, to show that you have a football community, and not only football team. This is the, we talked about it a lot and uh, about our social responsibility mm -hmm. uh, towards our community. And yeah, you, you are just ignoring 51% uh, yeah. of our population. But that's uh, a bigger issue. I want to ask you about uh, about few players that I think, as you say, are well known. Uh, the first one will be Sisi, because we go in order. And she was the first one, um, like breaking the barriers and breaking mm -hmm. the rules. Yeah. Tell us more about her. Yeah, she is one of the biggest players in the whole world. Yeah. And she is very recognized for it in several countries aside from Brazil. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically because in Brazil at that time, so basically women's football was forbidden by law yeah. in Brazil from 1941 until 1979, right? So the first women's national team that was formed was 1988 because FIFA decided to organize, decided no, they had a pressure. Mm. So I think it was 86 before the men's world cup in 86, if I'm not wrong, uh, there was a speech from this woman who said, Hey FIFA, you're ignoring the women. We yeah. want a uh, tournament, etc." So they caught, they called, they didn't even call it a world cup yeah. in 88. It was like assembling. Or yes. Something like yes. That. Uh, and they tried, they, they had this first, trial let's say and brazil was on it uh and what the confederation did was not like oh yeah let's just have a women's national team no there was a, a very successful club in the women's football yeah. in brazil so they said to the manager of this club hey now you're bring your team to the, you know exactly you're the national team now that's exactly what happened uh so that this team was called hadar so they started on the beach in rio and then they become they became big they were they are one of the the clubs that have won most tournaments yeah. in brazil uh so they went to this women's world cup to represent the country they had only a few players from other states and Sisi was one of them yeah Sisi started her career in in bahia where yeah. she is from and for this world cup she was like even um under 18 under, in yeah. under age so she needed authorization to travel. <laughs> and can try to imagine the reality at that time. So women's football was forbidden. Yeah. There was no club where you could play. So the women that were playing, it was just like, you know, play on the streets yeah. with the boys, etc. 
So then one day CC comes to her mother and say, "Hey, I'm going to China <laughs> to represent Brazil in yeah. the Women's World Cup." So her mother like, "What?" No, and you know. also her father was traveling. Oh. So she couldn't get his signature. Oh. But she needed both, right? Because she's under age, needs to travel, you know, internationally, yeah. so she needs the signature of both uh, father and mother. So she said to her mother, "You will have to sign for him you know yeah. just see his sign signature just you know put whatever you know like <laughs> imitate it yeah but just do it i i have to go i'm not gonna miss this opportunity so she traveled like this with both <laughs> signatures from her mother yeah. but <laughs> and and and, I, and she is one of the most like he she was a midfielder like the 10 yeah uh jersey like the, the famous for free kicks exactly yeah. she was a top scorer in 1999 world cup yeah. women's world cup and she has a uh, short hair always had uh and that was something another uh, interesting story because at that time uh women that played football they were considered like men you know oh yeah, yeah they look like men they're you know those those kind of the familiar story exactly. or familiar uh, image that people like to put in their minds yes because you want to be a man yeah. if you like, like because football is exactly. only for men come exactly. on and and she had a short hair and in the national team that already became an issue because how would you port how do you how would you represent women's football on tv if you have these women that look like men Yeah. Right. So, but then she was the best player. So the TVs only wanted to interview her because she was the best player in the team. Yeah. But then the confederation said, you know, like, oh, we don't, you know, you we don't didn't represent want us. Yeah. yeah. And also, she was always fighting for for rights in the confederation, so for payments and anything, because the confederation at that time wouldn't even give them uniforms. Yeah. They would use, they would uh, wear the uniforms off the men. Yeah. So like very, very big. Um, And then uh, I was uh, in 1999, no, 2000, there was a Sao Paulo State tournament. Mm -hmm. They changed the rules of the tournament in order to prioritize beauty <laughs> instead of quality of football for the women. Let me guess, Sepp Blatter was one of their consultants. <laughs> they, exactly. Yeah, they should play in miniskirts and tight. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so they put this in the rule of the state tournament. And then they had a draft you know, to decide which player goes to each club. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, you would just say, hey, these the beautiful girls, they would come and not the good ones. Yeah. And also they forbid um, short hair. <laughs> so then CC said, I'm not going to play this. Yeah. She went to, to, she came to the US yeah. where we are now. And she started playing here. She gave, she built a very beautiful career here. She's now a coach in a young women's, um, young girls team here and she was never uh recognized in brazil for yeah. everything that she's done she's not even in the football museum like nobody tells her story yeah that's the, the thing because she was like a fighter as well you know exactly. and you know that brings me to the our next uh, subject which is marta um many people criticize her for not speaking loud for not raising her voice and 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 doing something uh, in order to change the reality mm -hmm. of uh, women's football in Brazil, but also in the world. And uh, last World Cup, um, she played like she didn't have boot sponsor. Yes. And she did like the equality signs on it. And Actually, she had an offer, yeah. but the offer was so 
much smaller than the this company was paying for the men yeah. uh, players. So she said, "I, I refuse." This, I, this is one step that she she yes. she's doing, and, and it's great. But I want to say that, like, I feel that Marta is fighting a fight, but she's not as vocal as others. Would it be correct to say something like that? Yeah, I think it, it happens to all the very famous and big players. You always have you know a what? lot of expectations. I, sorry yeah, to interrupt. We met uh, yesterday uh, Kelly's, Pele's daughter. Um, and you asked her about her father and how, let's say, he's not raising his voice against some other issues in the society and, and the sports society as well. And, uh, well, she said because he's really... He's old. He's old and yes. he has his old thoughts and, and education. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, let's t- we can compare between yeah, these two. Yeah, exactly. So, basically, with Pele, he's a, a, a black player. Yeah. And he never spoke about racism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in, in any time that he's asked about that, he goes like, yeah, racism doesn't... Racism in football doesn't exist. Or <laughs> racism doesn't exist. Or, you know, we should play... We yeah. just we shouldn't be talking about this or the more we talk about it, the more we acknowledge racism yeah. and we don't need to talk about you know what I mean so and of course people have high expectations on big idols yeah. you know and I do agree that your idols don't need to 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 match your expectations yeah. like, you know they, they're not here for that right but they uh, have a big role I think and they and do really big impact on people. And it's what Megan Rapino always says. So if you have a big platform, it's better to use your platform yeah. to raise the voice of those people that don't have a platform, right? So what happens with Mata is, of course, she comes from a very, very poor background. She comes from a very small city with 2,000 people, 10,000 mm-hmm. people in the city. So, I mean, it's, it's, you have to think of the way she was raised. She was raised with uh, a lot of brothers and, and sisters and um, only with her mother. She didn't even met, she didn't even meet her father. Uh, so it's a very complicated situation. She was the only girl playing. So I understand all of that. And I understand the fact that you're in Brazil, especially, mm-hmm. and in sports in Brazil, especially, athletes are always afraid of talking because whenever they talk about something, they criticize the confederation or whatever, they get punished. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a, uh, something that came from the military dictatorship, but it's something that it's in their mind. So we don't see many athletes speaking up about their issues, about the fact that they don't have the correct infrastructure, that they don't have uh, the, the fair money, they don't receive the fair money mm-hmm. to, to be there. And then, but then Mata is now this biggest player. Yeah. I would say she is the biggest player of yeah, all time. I chose her for, you know, yeah, I of chose all her times. for number one. And, uh, and then she has a big platform. So she has millions of followers and she's the big leader. And of course that she wouldn't be out of the national team, right? Yeah. So she says something, hey, the conference is doing this and that. She wouldn't be, they wouldn't be able to cut her off the team because she's the the best player and everyone knows that so everybody would like oh hey yeah. you know that's the same thing that kind of happens with Neymar even though it's a different situation because uh, men have if- infrastructure but then it's the same thing Neymar why don't you say a few things yeah. complain about the the things that we need to be yeah just 
you the know, the awareness is really low. So if there's somebody with a high profile like them would talk about it, people will know and people yes. can address the, these problems. And there are many problems. And before the World Cup, there was kind of a, I would say, a scene with Cristiani and other players mm-hmm. that like retired from the national team, didn't play for the qualification and the and f- friendly games. Back, yeah. And then they came back to the World Cup and mm-hmm. I think Cristiani did amazing job yeah. over there. And I think the Brazilian team, and this is, will be our last uh, subject, the Brazilian team in the World Cup surprised us all. Mm-hmm. No, it did. Because the thing is, what happened at that time was the Confederation was doing what they always do. First, they don't care about the, na- the women's national team. So what they did was that um, after the Olympics, they sacked Vadão, which yeah. was the coach, And they hired Emily Lima. She was the first woman to ever coach a national team in Brazil, mm-hmm. right? Then she had 10 months in charge and like, I think even less than 10 games. Yeah. Only friendly. She eight. didn't even compete in any official tournament, yeah. right? Uh, she had like 56%. She won 56% of the games or something like that. Uh, and then she was fired. Like, oh, yeah, sorry, the results were not that yeah. good. But then if you look at all the other men that came before her, all of them had more time to work on the team, of right? Yeah. Even though, so she didn't have any results be- uh, worse than the other ones. She just had less time, right? So it's, it was just, you couldn't explain that. And after... Um, the bad results that they had, the players got together with the, the director of the women's team, the director of the confederation. They said, we don't want her to leave. We really like her, what she's doing yeah. here. Uh, so please tell the president of the confederation that we are all together for her to stay, right? Mm-hmm. And they signed a letter with yeah. that, etc. So the president Technically, is the president, but we internally we know that uh, the the decision came from the director. That he, he and her didn't kind of you know they yeah. had many problems with each other. She so, probably demands something. Yeah, so exactly. they don't want to give it exactly. Yeah. And so he fired her, and uh, and then some of the players talked to each other and started saying, "Hey, that's not fair." It's again, they're doing something. They are not listening to us. Yeah, we don't have a voice. Exactly. And some of them started speaking up. And that's the problem. In Brazil, they, they don't have the same thing as the U.S. have in terms of understanding the importance of being together. Yeah. You're not going to get anything by yourself. You have to be together. I saw yeah. that video Cristiani posted after she, this decision. When mm-hmm. She was kind of crying and everything. And I posted it as well. And I think like you can see the authenticity. She's speaking out of her heart and she's speaking about the situation that it's mm-hmm. there must be a change right now. And my I think my thought was I was very surprised to see her again in the national mm-hmm. team in the World Cup. And I was wondering what changed. Because Vadao was brought back yes. to, to the position. Yes. And that, that was one of the worst things because then it's not that only it's not only that the Confederation sacked Emily but they brought back the old coach. So like, what is the logic? So yeah. you don't like me anymore and then you fire me and then 10 months later you say, hey, right. now you're good, yeah. come back. That doesn't make any no, sense. No, that's crazy. So what, what Cristiani said was she had many meetings with the, with the director, with the coach, etc. Mm-hmm. And Vadon is a good person. Yeah, everybody liked him. I don't think them. he's a good yeah. coach, but he's a good person. 
And he spoke to her like about the importance of her being there with the team, etc., etc. And I do think there's also the feeling that you, as a player, yeah. can feel like it's my last World Cup, it's my last opportunity, and also how can I help more in terms of helping to change the system, being there inside or being here outside. And at that moment, she could still contribute inside. Yeah. Right? She needed to give a call to Edda Hagerberg and said, yeah, you can contribute from inside. <laughs> so I think uh, after the World Cup, uh, there was another big surprise with Pia Sundhage, uh, nominated for the coach, the first non-Brazilian coach of a Brazilian team. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Did you were surprised as well? Or you yes, I was. <laughs> yes, I was. I couldn't believe when the, when the news came, like, oh, the Confederation is looking for her. And it was funny because she came to Brazil in May, April, I think the end of April, mm. uh, for this event of the Confederation. Uh, and I went there and I spoke to her and I asked her, hey, would you uh, accept if you took uh, yeah. you know, this uh, invitation to be the, the new coach? Like I was asking this, knowing that there was no, no possibility <laughs> of this happening, right? And she goes like, she's smiling and say, you see my smile? <laughs> and then like three months later, her name came out and I'm like, what? Are they actually doing this? And there was a change. I think we have a president of the Confederation now that looks like it looks like he is more into doing yeah. something for women's football at least that's what he says and that's what he shows so for example when Pia um, came for the first press conference uh, to be presented as yeah. the national coach he was there and all the men that work for the confederation yeah. Chichi the, the, the men's, coach of the men's yeah. team all the important people of the confederation were there And that and says that was, something. That, that says something and that's completely different from everything that we saw before. Yeah. And they, in every single press conference that she's um, nominating the team, calling the team for any friendly or yeah. whatever, all these important people are there. Yeah. And uh, that's another difference. They are actually having press conferences for her to call the team for, for friendly. Yeah. That never happened before. So that's because the media is now interested in co covering it. So they're coming to the yeah. press conference. At that time, it was just like a list like on you. the website. You know, <laughs> you are coming to the press conference. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's amazing. And I hope that, that they do well. And I hope to see them in the Olympics uh, doing well, because it's about time they win the gold sometime. I don't know if you said the last World Cup of Cristiani and Marta, probably the last that Olympic, last Olympic yeah. as well. And uh, I'm, I'm waiting for just one thing. A duet between Pia and Marta on their guitar. <laughs> I think that will be amazing. That will. And both of them love music. Yeah, right? I know. So it's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. She, Pia already sings a lot, but she only sings in English. So she, I said to her, you need to learn some music in Portuguese. Yeah. No, but um, and Marta speaks Swedish. Yeah. So maybe oh, that, yeah, that's exactly. the common ground that they can have. Anyway, it was a pleasure to have you here. Our time is up. We have to go to the Bon Voyage party. <laughs> exactly, yeah. party. Yeah, party. We're here in the uh, State Department International Visitor Leadership Program uh, about women empowerment through sp sport journalism. So we are 47 journalists around the world here, sports journalists, talking, uh, sharing together. It's been amazing three weeks and it's been an amazing episode with you. Yeah, Thank you very much, amazing. Renata. And nice. I will post every link that you need to know and keep uh, liking us, sharing our story. And uh, just uh, see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.